What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset, your behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. So here we are on episode number 62. And last week, I was speaking about inflation. I hope some of you found that of use. This week, I'm going to be going into a couple of different things, but the primary one is going to be confidence and your mindset. But before I get into that, just a couple of updates. First of all, my guest that was supposed to be on this week, we've rescheduled and I'll be speaking to him tomorrow. So uh, you'll have the benefit of our discussion next week instead. I actually went and uh, for those of you who were checking the Facebook group, you would have seen a couple of posts and um, I spent a couple of way, uh, a couple of days away getting some rest and rejuvenation down in the south of Ireland. And so I had to cancel my my podcast guest because the Wi-Fi just wasn't up to scratch. And um, just on top of, I just wanted to kind of point out just the importance of taking a break every now and then. It's, uh, you know, I'm kind of a, like many of you, a kind of driven person. And um, a lot of the time I will just kind of work through stuff and I need to get this out, need to kind of keep going. And you'll just work, work, work all the time. And the reality is, is that it's it's a little bit like that old saying that, you know, the uh, the person who sharpens the saw is the person who gets the results. And um, if you're just constantly working all the time and you don't take a break, you actually get slower and slower and slower and you end up you know, not really being all that effective. So it's amazing what a couple of days of rest and rejuvenation do and how much kind of more creative and uh, the just the kind of general sort of, uh, I, I suppose the drive to get back to work and stuff like that is just great after a few days off. So we had a couple of really nice days of weather and that's one of the things that I wanted to get into is just the, the, the massive heat waves that are going on over in the US and Canada. And um, I was just reading there the news earlier and there's a little town called Lytton, L-Y-T-T-O-N in Canada. And it just recorded a temperature yesterday or something like that of 49.6 degrees Celsius. That's 121 Fahrenheit. And this is a place that normally gets the weather that's no, no hotter than sort of 24, 25 degrees. So pretty much Irish summer weather. And so as such, they have no air conditioning. Most houses over there don't have air conditioning because it's not something they normally require. And it's, um, in fact, that part of the world, Canada and stuff like that, they get quite cold winters. So the houses are, in fact, designed to be you know, extra warm and to keep the heat in during cold winters. So you have this kind of double whammy of no air conditioning and the heat being retained by the house uh, during temperatures of 49.6 degrees. So it's just chaos. And um, in Baghdad, in Iraq, it was plus 50 degrees. India is the same. Moscow, Russia is um, 35 degrees today. And they've just registered the temperature at 38 degrees uh, on the arctic circle and uh, what's kind of incredible about that is that that is usually an area that's kind of permanently under ice or snow certainly for the vast majority of the year and so to, to, to be hitting 38 degrees i mean that is uncomfortably hot if you're in the south of spain or something like that to be feeling that up on the 
northern side of the Arctic Circle is just crazy. And what's kind of scary is just reading that scientists are warning that this is going to become the norm in the next kind of couple of decades. That Whereas at the moment, that 49.6 degrees they recorded, they're saying that's a once in a, that should be a once in a 10,000 year event. But it's, it's kind of happening, now these kind of spikes in temperature are happening every couple of years now. And it's going to get to the point where it's an annual thing that just, these are the, these are the temperatures that are to be expected. So, <clears throat> I don't know, I just, it's something that I just wanted to bring up because this, the impact of this temperature and of all this kind of warming and stuff like that on our industry, on the real estate sector that we're all kind of a part of or that we want to get into, I think you need to think ahead a couple of, you know, think about this as a game of chess, think ahead a couple of moves and just start thinking about what will the implications of this be. I think governments are beginning to wake up. I mean, when I say beginning to wake up, geez, so many of them are still in denial and I see that even as Canada is going through this, you know, temperature spike, they are still mad keen to be, you know, uh, leaders in the oil and fossil fuel kind of extraction industries. And you, you kind of wonder, like, when when will this kind of thing stop? When will people wake up and realize that this is all contributing to that? And the worry I have is just that it'll it'll be all too late when people suddenly kind of wake up and go, oh, geez, we better go and fix this issue. And that'll be the point where there's some sort of, uh, yeah, I don't know, some sort of a point of no return has already been reached. And you can't then reverse the damage that's being done that, you know, one one thing knocks over another thing and knocks over another thing and they have this kind of thing that they call a cascade effect where it's like a domino. Once you've knocked over one, it, it start, triggers the rest of them all to knock as well. So anyway, it's a little bit concerning and um, I just, one of the reasons that I mentioned it is just that like we've all seen what COVID-19 has done to industry, uh, what has done to just life in general and the economic situation and all that. And you kind of have to wonder you know, these massive shifts that are being made in the way we work or massive shifts in the way kind of, well, nobody saw the house prices increasing, but it's primarily being driven by the lack of demand, lack of supply. And if we didn't have the industry getting kind of shut down for six or nine months over the last 12 or 18 months, you wouldn't have these spikes now with people like looking for a property that is no longer available that would have been you know, supplied on a normal basis. So, I mean, there's pros and cons to all of this. Obviously, if you're an investor and you're kind of making money on the back of all this, then that's great. But I do think that there's an aspect to this that is actually going to turn around and penalize all of us. And one of them is going to be that I do think that, that there's going to be tax um, targeted at landlords who have poorly performing assets from a building energy point of view. So I've said this before, and I'll say it again, I'm already seeing a mortgage, there's banks out there that are offering mortgages and there's a full half a percent lower interest rate if, you're, uh, if your house that you're buying has a good energy rating, i.e. if it's above, I think, a B2 or something like that. Now, I know different countries will have different energy ratings, but basically the Irish system is A down to G, A being the best, and G being the absolute worst. And there's a lot of G-rated buildings in the Irish market, primarily because we've got a lot of old Georgian houses and this kind of stuff, and houses that were built without insulation standards. 
And so those kind of places have a dreadful um, rating. But then the new stuff, the things that were, that actually, you know, the business that I'm involved in here in Ireland and that I'm building and that anyone who's looking at my Instagram and TikTok these days will be seeing updates of um, the build of the houses that we're building. And the energy rating on those is going to be either A1 or A2. I can't remember exactly which one, but it's going to have all of the bells and whistles. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be solar panels on the roof and there's going to be, you know, three inch thick uh, insulation boards. And you'll basically not need to turn on the heat in these houses. They'll be so well insulated. And that's all great. But if we start to see temperature spikes in a couple of years time, you might be regretting it. But the reality is, is that when what we're doing that for is because we want to future proof these properties. And we believe that at some point in the future, landlords are going to be penalized for having poorly rated uh, houses. And already we're seeing stuff like the gas central heating and the oil fired central heating heating is being banned for, uh, for them from being sold. And in the same way, petrol and diesel cars and stuff like that will eventually be banned from being sold. And then at some point beyond that, they'll they'll actually ban them from being um, from parts being sold for repairing them and stuff. And so they become rarer and rarer and rarer still. Um, anyway, what's the point of all this? Well, just uh, I don't think these these are concerns that you have to kind of think about right now. Obviously, you can go out and continue to do what you're doing. But I just think that anyone who's thinking about building a portfolio as a long-term thing, which is something that I always kind of recommend, look at this business like a marathon rather than a sprint. And so you're you're going to buy some assets and you're going to buy them to flip and sell them on and make a quick profit. I get that. And that's, that's a good, uh, you know, pr it's always good to have that in the back pocket because you can pay down debt using a quick flip and things like that. But if you're going to be buying assets, if you want to create this kind of sustainable long-term cash flow, well, then you have to build up, a, you know, a portfolio of good assets that have a good income stream. And to have a good income stream, you need to be able to obviously get the tenants in. And the tenants are something that are going to start to push away from buildings that are not buildings and houses and whatever you want to call them. If they're not energy efficient, you're going to see that suddenly people just don't want to rent them. And they, they, they may not want to rent them because A, they're expensive to heat or expensive in terms of tax uh, or expensive in terms of, you know, staff won't want to work there because it looks like you're kind of environmentally uh, unconscious and you're not kind of doing your thing. So a lot of this stuff is just going to start playing out, I think, over the longer term. And uh, it's something that I've just been thinking about. And if you're if you're building a portfolio of assets, what do you want to have? Um, what kind of upgrades are you going to be thinking about in the coming year or two? Are you going to be just looking for the cheapest heating system? Or are you going to be thinking about how, how do I future proof this property if it's something that I want to hold on to long term? And um, anyway, look, rant over. I'll get into the main event today, which is... Um, something that I wanted to talk about, and that is the mindset and in particular confidence in real estate. And when I say confidence in real estate, what I mean is confidence in real estate, property investment, development, management, promotion, agency, refurbishment, flips, and so on. Basically, confidence is a key component in your ability to grow or scale your property business over the years and the decades. And it's become absolutely clear to me over my career that what made like what gives one person 
what, you know, ask yourself the question, what gives one person the confidence to go out and negotiate this fantastic deal with investors while another person with the very same knowledge, with the very same, say, degree, went to the same school, college and all that, and yet he does not manage or she does not manage to, you know, to put the same deal together. Their experience will be the very same and yet they struggle just even to get the meeting set up. And some people just have the ability to to put deals together, to, to kind of meet investors, to have these discussions, to get deals done. And others just can't put the whole thing together and just, it, it's, it seems like a big problem. And one of the biggest contributors to that issue is your confidence. Confidence is a key attribute uh, in your mindset bag of tricks. And obviously there's lots of different aspects that you've got to kind of keep on. And starting out, I was doing very, very small deals. Um, but when I did a couple of deals with some friends of mine who had a bit more experience than me, next minute I could see how it was done. And I suddenly, it opened up my eyes to what was possible. And then suddenly I just went went all in scaling. And um, and it was a huge kind of confidence boost for me to make some money on the first deal. And then I went and did another one and I kept on growing and growing. And I ended up passing out those same friends. Um, and, and growing to kind of a bigger scale. Now, there's also, some would also say that I was way overconfident. And um, and so somebody, some others would say that I was probably a little bit cocky. And But whatever way you think of it, you have to, at the end of the day, I put it all down to sort of confidence. And that was the main driver. And there's people out there that will be looking to do their very first deal and there's other people out there that will be looking to kind of do their 10th deal. Uh, and the person that's doing the first deal probably has, you know, less knowledge than the person doing the 10th deal. But with a little bit of confidence, you could actually end up doing a single deal that does, you know, that buys you 10 properties. And, it, you know, confidence can make all the difference in just shaping your career and whether or not you're going to be successful in your career, successful in things like uh, recruiting investors, successful in meeting with and giving banks confidence to actually deal with you. And um, over the years, I've, I've done a lot of this stuff and um, I found that, you know, how you present a deal, how you come up with the way you sort of present the deal in the first place, how you demonstrate your past skills, all of that stuff is down to confidence. Now, obviously, I've had my ups and downs in my career. I've, I've gone from being a, um, you know, making tens of millions in a couple of years to suddenly going through the 2008 recession. And it hit really, really hard. And I, I had a couple of years where it was very, very difficult to survive at all. But now that I'm through all that and I've seen it and I've survived the cycle, it actually has given me even more confidence in my ability going forward because now I kind of say to myself look I've actually been through the top I've been through the bottom and I'm and I've seen kind of how it can be dealt with on both sides and so now I'm approaching it even with even more confidence be, than before and the reason I'm bringing all of this up is um, because as you know I've been working on the launch of my own mastermind in the next couple of weeks and as I've been doing it I've been developing the course content and the curriculum and I've been writing down all of this. I've been looking at what other programs offer and um, 
And a lot of them go into a lot of the tactics and the strategies and stuff like that. And obviously I'm going to be going into that. But I think the most important thing is the mindset aspect of this business. And it's the, it's what will, it's what, it's basically the difference between you growing your business and scaling it to something that is, you know, large and, um, and sustainable in the long term and it just being kind of like a side hustle type thing. And um, I think confidence is fundamental. And so one of my, one of the primary, I suppose, modules of the mastermind that I'm going to do is going to cover mindset and, and in particular confidence. And by that, I mean, you know, the confidence that you need to raise money millions say from banks the confidence to sit down with investors and have the confidence to kind of present your deal to them and and you know take take their money and put it into an investment and and have the confidence to know that you're actually going to do well with that and that you're not going to have a difficult relation relationship with them relationship with banks that you've done your homework that you know what you're doing all of that stuff boils down to confidence and a lot of that comes down to how well prepared you are and the ability to be prepared and all that, I suppose at the end of the day, all boils down to uh, how much work you've done, um, how much knowledge you have. And so anyway, look, a large portion of the program is going to be devoted to mindset. Um, how you boost your confidence, how you grow your confidence, how, how you grow your knowledge, practical understanding of how this business works. All of that is part of the course curriculum. And I'll be lifting the lid on all of my best, most profitable deals. I'll be giving you kind of a full warts and all analysis of the deals that didn't go well. And the idea of giving you both is, as I've always been, I think, pretty transparent uh, with the stuff, with my ups and downs over the years. The reason I'm going to give you the real details in and all of that kind of stuff is because I do think that when you've seen how deals can go wrong when you've seen how deals can go right you can put all of this stuff down in the back of your head one of one of the things i used to love doing and i still do is um is getting out biographies and reading biographies from successful business icons or whatever you want to call it and some of the some of my favorite guys you know john d rockefeller and all these kind of guys that i've read about and when you read some of their sort of thoughts and some of their insights and how they dealt with certain issues that stuff if it's if it, if it kind of registers in your mind you actually carry that with you into the future and it's always there as a kind of a possible solution to an issue and so if you're looking at deals and you come across uh, an issue that i might have covered with my um some of my past deals this will be something that you can kind of pop out and say oh this is an issue now this happened before and um you know, this is how it was dealt with, or this is how it, you know, it basically screwed up that whole deal. So we got to really work hard to kind of steer away from that. And so where I went wrong, how I missed those things, what I could have done differently and so on, by giving you all of this information, I think it's going to become, it's, it's going to be something you can internalize and those lessons will be there so that you can bring them into your own um, business and your own endeavors. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking right now, you're probably thinking that, well, you know, Gavin, it's easy for you to say that you're a very confident person. You are obviously naturally a confident person and look how you've done it all 
before and how you you know like to speak publicly and you've got this podcast and you've started a youtube channel and you know this is something that you're naturally good at and so how you know how is it possible for someone who's, who lacks confidence to do this kind of thing well let me just give you a little bit of um history i i was never a confident kid when i was back in school um, it was absolutely the furthest thing from what I believed uh, about myself. I See, I was very short growing up. I was the smallest guy in my classroom. I can remember, actually, I still talk about it with my children, is that the um, I think it was probably around second or third class or something like that. We had a class project where we had to measure each other standing against with our back to the wall and you did a line and you put your name on it and at the end the idea was that at the end of the year we would do it and we would see how much we've grown but this was at the very first week of school and i can remember everyone sort of standing up and putting their back to the wall and the teacher to doing a line and writing okay this is david and this is eric and this is jennifer and this is and there was all of these lines drawn and then as oh Gavin we didn't do you come on over here and they had to go and get a, another piece of paper for me because my height was so much shorter than everyone else's that I would actually they were going to actually have to draw on the wall so they actually had to stick an additional piece of paper at a lower level for my height and so because I was the shortest kid in my class I was straight away lacking in confidence I I did go through a couple of years in school when I was actually bullied and so I struggled with that. I also, when I got a bit older, I used to kind of be dropped at discos and things like that as a kid. And I had a real tr struggle actually figuring out how to go over and, you know, ask somebody up to dance or to go and ch start chatting with people that I didn't know and stuff like that. So confidence was about as far as you could, you would not describe me as a confident person, certainly as a kid. And so everything you see today and when you kind of, listen to me speaking and all that kind of stuff. All of that is something that I have developed over the years. And it's it's taken a while to develop skills like this. You've got to, you know, you read and you educate yourself and you kind of, you practice certain things. And this is all, you know, something that you have to kind of do in a disciplined and patient way. And by having a long-term vision for the life that you want in the future, then you can go about seeking out and filling in all those kind of missing blanks and the things that you will need in order to fulfill that and so that's how i've gonna gone out and done it but i certainly did not have natural confidence starting out and so anybody who's listening to this i mean if, did i make mistakes along the way of course i did that is absolutely without a doubt um the situation but you know anyone there's there's nobody out there who has built a successful career that has not endured some type of failure and um and your confidence and how you deal with failure is actually also a very, very important aspect. Um, I certainly wouldn't talk about my failures if I didn't have confidence um, because I would want to kind of bury that aspect of my past rather than tell you all about it. And in fact, I would say probably my failures have actually made me a more confident person. Um, it's only when you've had failures that you can kind of see around corners and you can identify risks and stuff like that if you're speaking to investors and you've never been through a recession then when they ask you about a recession you have answers for them you've you've got experience you've got the ability 
to kind of talk them through what happened the last time and how you dealt with it. Whereas if you're there saying, oh, never been through a recession, but sure, I don't think we're going to be dealing with one, so everything should be fine. It's not quite as uh, inspiring or it doesn't, it probably does not instill confidence in the investor who you're speaking with. So whether it's confidence to go out and do your very first deal or whether it's confidence to raise 12 million of equity capital and 30 million of senior debt and and go and fly to another country and do a whole deal down there as I did in Spain. I mean, that is all coming down to confidence and uh, and it all comes from the same place. It's all down to mindset and the power of the mindset and the power to basically manifest various things in your life that you want to make. So I, I don't know if um, I've read the room, shall we say, um, do you guys listening right now, does, does any of this actually relate? Uh, can, can, is this kind of something that you guys can relate to? I don't know whether or not I'm, um, I'm preaching to the, uh, to the people who actually want to hear this stuff or not, but it's definitely something that I believe is a fundamental building block to having a successful career as a property investor or property developer, whether you want to call it property or real estate, whatever it is, but I think promoting going out and raising money from investors, going and speaking to a bank for the first time, going to speak to a bank for the bigger loan, going to speak to a bank to refinance, all of that is stuff that will obviously be covered, but none of that can be done without an underlying level of confidence so that you can actually go and do this and walk into the bank with your head held high and feel that you've got this and that, you know, there is a whole process that you fully understand and the biggest aspect that you need to get right is the confidence and then you can go and do pretty much anything a load of confidence is going to go an awful lot further than somebody who has all of this knowledge and doesn't have the kind of confidence to actually pass the the go and um, and all that knowledge really goes to waste because you end up being an employee for somebody who has the confidence to go out there and do it and uh, i would I don't know. I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I want to be the guy who has the confidence to go out there and do it and to kind of build the life that I want. And I'll go and hire the smartest guy in the room and that guy will come work for me. And that's how I'll kind of go about it. And that's the kind of attitude that I bring to it. It's not going out there and learning everything and sort of obviously learn and prepare and do all of that stuff. But confidence is actually what will get you to the um, to the kind of place where you want to get and um, you've got to also remember that you'll always have to start before you feel like you're ready to start and that is something that I think um, no matter what you're doing in life that is how it goes it's it's not about faking it until you make it, it I think that's pretty poor advice this is really just developing the confidence to achieve uh, the ambitious goals that you set yourself in the time frame that you set yourself to achieve it. And so I hope this um, podcast this week has been helpful. If you found this um, was of interest to you or if this topic this week uh, is something that you kind of can relate to, maybe just let me know in the, um, in the various social media channels. Just sort of send me a quick message and say absolutely or totally disagree that's not what's something that I'm looking for. I'm looking for X. And let me know what it is you're looking to kind of gain from joining some sort of a mastermind or whatever. 
and uh, and I'll make sure that I include that either as a module. But certainly, I just wanted to kind of put it out there. What I feel is the most important, um, having been through this market, having gone through it over the last twenty five years, I think that was probably the biggest thing that stood to me was just that mindset piece and. Um, and obviously it's not just confidence there's a lot of other aspect things aspects that i'm going to cover but um and confidence is probably the one that a lot of people struggle with at the outset so that is it for episode 62 of behind the facade thank you so much for listening as always my number one ask is for you to simply leave a review or share the episode out with someone you think may benefit from it in the show notes i'm going to put some links to i didn't really discuss much today so it'll really just be links to my facebook community um, behind the facade and to my new youtube channel where you can go and check out if you have a wish to send me a message or um, communicate with me in some way you can either do it through behind the facade community or using my social media handle gavin j gallagher and lastly if you do want to be given an update on this mastermind which i think i'm going to send out an email this week so if you're listening to this on the 5th of july this will be the week that i send out an email so if you haven't already please add your name to my email list and you can find that by going to www.gavinjgallagher.com forward slash go all right guys i hope this was helpful catch you all next week Mm -hmm.